had persistent pain for more than three months and the doctors don't have any solutions for you? Are they saying, it's all in your head? Or, you have to learn to live with it? And that message just doesn't feel right to you? Well, then you're in the right place. My name is Anna Frixelius and I'm an expert in health mastery. As a teenager, I got scleroderma and rheumatoid arthritis. Both of these are autoimmune conditions, chronic, incurable, with a pretty grim prognosis. But that was just the beginning. Afterwards, I survived two serious traffic accidents that was in my early 20s. Surviving was great, but I got a complex spinal fracture, part of my spine was crushed, and I got a whiplash neck injury. So at that point, I had a triple whammy of debilitating conditions in a really short period of time. Fun fact, of those three things, the autoimmunity, the crushed spine and the whiplash injury, the whiplash injury was what disabled me the most. Still, none of the doctors believed it was real. With these four diagnoses, at age 25, I was crippled by chronic pain and I was completely given up by the doctors. They thought I was a hopeless case. They put me on disability and just gave me lots of painkillers. Told me to stay at home and, you know, give up all my dreams. But instead of listening to them, I found out how to rebuild my health, working from the inside out. Nobody believed it was possible. But a few years later, I got out of the wheelchair and I completed a pilgrimage walking to Santiago de Compostela. That's a 500 mile hike across the mountains and plains of northern Spain. Today, I have a healthy and happy, active life. I work full time, helping other people recover from chronic pain, while also advocating for better treatment and patient rights. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing insights and useful strategies for anyone dealing with persistent pain and chronic health issues. I'm going to talk about the failing medical paradigm and what we need to do to change it. But most of all, I want to share solutions. What can you do to have a healthy, happy and active life, no matter what diagnoses you have and what your current health state is? So let's dig in. Hello and welcome to Health Mastery with Anna. Today we're going to talk about ableism. Yay! What a hot topic. You must have been living under a rock if you haven't heard about ableism. And still, so many people don't really know what it is. So let's start with the ableism 101. Link in the show notes. Ableism is the discrimination of and the social prejudice against people with disabilities based on the belief that typical abilities are superior. At its heart, ableism is rooted in the assumption that disabled people require fixing and defines people by their disability. Now, I know that a lot of people with chronic illness and chronic pain who have actually (laughs) quite severe disability based on how much they can work and participate in daily life, they will not call themselves disabled. And in my belief is that this is due to their own unfortunate internal ableism, like internalized ableism. This is like a huge problem. Because so much of the ableist discrimination and social prejudice around having any kind of chronic condition or chronic health problem that makes you less able-bodied than your peers is seen to be a sign of weakness. And in previous times, we didn't survive. Like disabled people didn't live very long. 
the further you go back in time, like a few generations, yeah, people with disabilities were taken care of as much as possible. But just go a few hundred years back in time. And of course, any person with a physical weakness or a mental handicap were seen as a problem for society and something that basically could be dangerous for the rest of society. And imagine hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years, where the human brain, the human body, and also our communal culture has evolved around the necessity of people being able-bodied and intelligent, able to take care of themselves, strong, able to, you know, fight a bear or build a house and all of these things. It's very ingrained in all cultures to look down on people who have any kind of physical or mental disability. That's just so ingrained in our cultures that there's no questioning it. And it's been there for so long. So that now in the digital age, which is probably the first time ever, like this generation people, when people with different kinds of disabilities can participate and contribute to society in a much greater way than ever. And people with so-called learning disabilities or neurodiversity like autism and ADHD may be able to navigate the digital world actually even better than neurotypical people. Us people with physical disabilities like me with my broken spine and sometimes problems walking I'm fully able to do great work in front of a computer. Everything that can be done through a computer, I can do. And so this might be the first time in the history of man where, of humankind, where having a disability doesn't mean you have to be a liability. But we have the social structures still of all these generations, all these thousands and thousands and thousands of years where anybody who had disability or a health problem was a threat to society. So it's ingrained in us, right? So today, what does ableism look like? Well, it can come in the form of policies, often like internal company policies that are biased or discriminatory, definitely biased or discriminatory language. It could be the physical lack of access to the same resources or spaces that people without disabilities have access to, talking about wheelchair access, for example. Ableist structures, they always reinforce this perception that people who are able-bodied, like they don't have any kind of disability, they are superior to those with disabilities. An ableist society is built on the assumption that those people who have disabilities or chronic illness leading to disability, they cannot achieve the same goals, have the same opportunities, or enjoy the same privileges as their able-bodied counterparts. This is all from the article linked in the show notes. So unfortunately, this is like a cultural structure that is a narrative that we don't talk about, just like we previously didn't talk about sexism, we didn't talk about racism, It's just a bias that's there underlying all of our societal structures and our discourse. And even now, you are basically advised not to talk about your chronic illness or any kind of disability you may have because it's seen as making you weaker, making you less valuable. 
people will be prejudiced against you if you are open about having a disability. Now, some people have the option to hide a disability, like an invisible illness can be hidden. Uh, Very many kinds of disabilities are not visible to random passerbys in the street. And I've experienced both kinds. Like I have both visible and invisible disabilities in certain periods of time. My disabilities are invisible. And the difference in how I'm met out in society by well-meaning people most of the time, mostly well-being people, when my disability is visible and when it's invisible, you would not believe. It is crazy. It's so interesting, really. To be a person who can navigate the world in a wheelchair or without a wheelchair, with a walking aid or without a walking aid. And I would say it's the wheelchair still that really triggers all of this extremely ableist, what can I say, reception in society. And most of this ableism, it comes in the form like microaggressions. Like very rarely do people speak offensively to me in the street when I'm in my wheelchair or like make fun of me. Also, when I'm out and about in society, a lot of the ableism is more like microaggression, you know, like everyday slights. It could be offensive behavior. Yeah, it could be insults or ways of talking about like, oh, are you a cripple? Are you crippled? What's wrong with you? Using a kind of language that is derogatory. And it could be used by well-intentioned individuals. There's one kind of ableist microaggressions that I think we don't talk about enough. And the disabled writer Andrew Pulrang wrote about this in a recent article in Forbes. He talks about condescension and sentimentality as being ableist microaggressions. I experience this a lot when I'm in my wheelchair. If I'm sitting down in the wheelchair, people will speak to me as if I'm a child. And often they will talk over my head to whoever's driving my wheelchair as if I'm not able to speak. It can also be that they speak with this uncharacteristically soft, slow, cooing voice like, Oh, how are you today? Oh, are you having a good day? It's like, I have 12 years of university education. There's nothing wrong with my ability to speak. It's my legs, you know, my spine is broken. It's not just the tone of voice, it's this assumption, right? That when you meet a disabled person, they are less self-aware, less able to know and manage their own needs, less able to understand things. And this condescension, Andrew Polrang also talks about sentimentality. I see that a lot. It's something that seems to dominate many people's understanding of disabled people. It's this tendency to view virtually all aspects of disability in terms of these emotional narratives of sadness and suffering versus perseverance and triumph. So if you're disabled, you have two roles accessible to you in ableist society. One is being a victim, sadness and suffering, poor you, then we will help you if you fit into this narrative. Don't threaten anybody, don't demand too much, don't be too difficult, don't be angry. Just, you know, sit there in your wheelchair and be sad, suffer, be a victim, so we can feel good when we help you. That's a kind of condescension that's related to sentimentality. And this role, the victim role, that disabled people are expected to play in an ableist society. And then there's the other role you can play as a disabled person, and that's the hero where your disability story, your health story, whatever it may be, is a story of overcoming the odds 
overcoming the horrible whatever happened to you or whether you were born disabled or it was for me like both illness and then an accident, two accidents, whatever happened to you. And you have a story of perseverance and triumph. And this is obviously the role that I have chosen in ableist society because that's the only way I can get people to listen to me. Like showing up with my hero face on is the only way I get a seat at the table. Because if I'm honest about being like, yeah, sometimes I hate my disabled body or I hate my chronic pain. Sometimes I hate not being able to do what I want. If I show up with this complaining attitude, people will immediately use that as proof of my disability being self-caused. You cause this yourself by your negative thinking, right? That's also extremely ableist way of labeling this. It's like, if you're ever negative, if you're ever critical to how what life is like with a disability or with chronic illness, well, then it was probably your fault. You know, it was probably your fault. You probably caused this with your negative thinking. So the role that is most, what can I say, conducive to getting anything done in society the way it is today is to take on the hero's role of sharing your triumphs. And whenever you're not strong enough to fill that role or you don't want to fill that role anymore, you then have to sort of fall back into victim mode where life is too tough, the pain is too bad, the disability won. <laughs> we talked about that in a previous episode of how we talk about chronic illness and disability, also like health in general in the terms of uh, war, where you win against your illness, then you can be a success, then you can be a hero. All of this is extremely ableist. So why can't people who have different brains and different bodies just be people with different brains and different bodies? Do we have to label them as being less worth? Do we have to stick this condescension and sentimentality on talking about disability and chronic illness? Whenever I'm met with somebody trying to fix me, I know I'm talking to somebody with a lot of ableism because they don't see that my life is valuable exactly as it is. My life is great exactly as it is. I have a wonderful life. I don't need your help just because I'm sitting in a wheelchair. You can see that I have an injury. I have an illness. I have chronic pain. Yesterday, you couldn't see it if I wasn't sitting in my wheelchair. Why are you treating me differently? It's because of your own ableism. And so the ableism we meet in society, that's one thing. But the ableism that is internalized, that's sort of programmed into your own unconscious mind, that is the most wicked one. That is the worst one. Because it will lead you to judge yourself as worth less than. You will have a voice. Most people I know have, you know, an inner critic, a critical inner voice that will often jump to the conclusion that they're not good enough, not doing enough, not healthy enough, not eating healthy enough, not exercising enough, not working hard enough, all of this. And when you now know these two different roles that the disabled person is allowed to have in society, either being a victim with all the sadness and suffering or being a hero who overcomes everything and climbs a mountaintop with no legs and no arms, you know, pulling themselves up by their teeth and then we can all clap, condescending clap, and cry some happy tears because the disabled person overcame their disability and did something that we can all see is a healthy activity, something healthy people do. They climb mountains. 
all of that ableism is in you also. And it's in your subconscious mind speaking to you and to your body. And I actually believe this inner critic, this inner ableist voice is a big part of the reason why chronic illness sort of becomes this downward spiral. Because whenever we have a day with more symptoms, I talked about the anatomy of a flare recently. So when you have a day with more symptoms, you start judging yourself. Oh, why am I so bad? Why can't I do better? I'm having a bad day. I'm doing bad. You talk yourself down when your health problem is more active. You immediately use that to label yourself as not being good enough. This is internalized ableism. It's not you who are bad. It's your health problem that's more active. It's whatever illness you have that's flaring up. And being aware of how we talk about our own chronic illness to other people, I think that's the first stage in really, I wouldn't say anywhere close to dismantling ableism, but at least raising awareness around the topic of ableism. So it starts with you. It starts with not being ableist to yourself. It starts with accepting your own limitations as not something that defines your character or your personality. If you have pain today and you're not able to do all the chores and all the work today, can you manage to hold love for yourself and compassion for yourself and give yourself grace to be okay even when you don't perform the way maybe your mind would like you to be able to perform? So just sort of being aware of your own inner critic and accepting like, ah, today's an indoor day instead of being, I can't walk, I can't do anything. Like, like talking yourself down about the things you can't do. It just leads you further into this spiral where it also becomes natural to focus more of your mental capacity on your symptoms. And then when you focus more on your symptoms, the stress response increases, the pain increases, you become more passive. And it just has this downward spiraling effect in general. So these were some thoughts about ableism and why you should care about it and how you can start getting to know your own internalized ableism in order to change it and make your mind and body a more healthy and wholesome place to be. I mean, you have one body, this is it. You have one brain, this is it. And the only way you can feel better about living with chronic illness and chronic pain is to change how you perceive yourself, because nobody else can do that for you. Whatever treatment you may get or not get, if you're still judging yourself as a bad person when you have less than perfect health, you're stuck in this ableist narrative where you have to be 100% healthy, able-bodied, productive in a capitalist, productive way earning money, getting status, doing the right thing, you know, being the perfect mom, driving everybody to soccer practice and baking 45 cupcakes while cooking organic dinners for everybody. I don't know. Wherever your sphere of overachieving is, you most probably judge yourself as worth less than when your health problems or your disability means you can't function at the level you want to function. So start there, you know, start there with some kindness towards yourself. In my experience, what happens when we do that is that the flare passes much faster. So basically, 
it's much easier to get out of a flare and rebuild yourself if you make an effort to dismantle your internalized ableism first. And you know what else we need to do to push back against ableism? It is to make sure that people with disabilities are part of the discussion or they're invited to the table where decisions are being made. I think that's the topic for another podcast episode, because now we got to talk about ableism in the healthcare field and in the public health policy field. Oh yeah, it's big. That's a big topic. So I'll see you back in the Health Mastery with Anna podcast next week. Howdy!